Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let me see you put your hands up now. 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 With guest host, Ryan Leaf. Been listening to you guys since day one. You guys are phenomenal. Out of order. Just keep getting better like fine wine. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Earlier on the show, actor and comedian Joel McHale. Coming up, Super Bowl champion tackle Mitchell Schwartz. Bills radio announcer Eric Wood. Plus, Titans reporter Kayla Anderson. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ryan Leaf. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. I am not Rich Eisen. My name's Ryan Leaf. I'm your host for the day. Hey, Ryan. Hey, hey Rye. Guest host, TJ Jefferson with this, Michael Del Tufo. Ryan. Chris Brockman. I love this crew. Holler. Someone just tweeted us that you do sound a lot like Will Ferrell if you're not watching, but just listening. Hold on. Do it, Ryan. Do what? To speak. Uh, Are you closing your eyes to see yeah, if it works? Yeah, Deep, deep left ball to the right field, or deep uh, fly ball oh, yeah, to left you, field. You definitely do. Yeah. You got a little Will. You got a little Will Ferrell. Well, you, you know. Can you say meatloaf real quick? Meatloaf, mom. Meatloaf. Right? Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I never know what she's doing back there. It's not bad. It's not bad. You're crazy, man. Bad. You're crazy. All right. Shout out Zach for the tweet. I like you, but you're crazy. I like you, man, but you're crazy. Well, that's after he got shot with a trank yeah. dart. Well, maybe it sounds like I've been shot like a tr- with a trank dart my whole life. There was a time where I was shot with a trank dart, I think, for Hey-o. half of my life. All hey, right. Hey, no. Hey, no. So the big game this weekend. Uh, or the the team we wanted to really see in the playoffs because of who they've been the last few years is the Kansas City Chiefs and you know for a little while you're like whoa what what what's going on here seven nothing they're down and then they just explode right five consecutive touchdowns they score three touchdowns right but or in the last three minutes of the first half we're gonna go to our next guest who was a part of those teams played for Andy Reid was an All Pro tackle Super Bowl champion. Brother to uh, my my uh, co-worker there at Sirius XM Radio in the Pac-12, Mr. Jeff Schwartz. Let's welcome to the show, Mitchell Schwartz. What's up, Mitch? How we doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. You bet, man. Um, I, I told everybody to kind of tamper their their expectations a little bit because the Chiefs were playing the Steelers, right? It, was, it wasn't uh, a team that I think a lot of people thought would give them a lot of trouble. What was your biggest takeaway from from their performance, uh, and what do you expect uh, expect this week? So weirdly enough, my biggest takeaway was a little bit of worry because if we see that first like quarter, quarter and a half, where you have you know five drives, two turnovers, one of them leading to 
uh, points for the other team against this Buffalo team, you know, you could be down three touchdowns pretty quickly. So I think that inconsistency that we've seen throughout the season is still there a little bit, but the optimism of, as you said, those five or six touchdown drives in a row looking like the Chiefs of old, uh, I know that's got Chiefs Kingdom pretty excited. So hopefully they're able to, you know, ride that into this game and start fast. And I think, I mean, for them the whole season, it's been kind of the self-inflicted stuff. So uh, false starts, holdings, drop passes, kind of weird things happening where they're leading to turnovers or bad drives. And so if they're able to get a, a grip on that, you know, this is a, a team and an offense especially that is very tough to stop. You spent a uh, majority of your time there in, in Kansas City. In fact, some of the most successful, right, with the Super Bowl victory in Miami. And uh, you've seen firsthand how Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, how they game plan, how they prepare um, what do you think um, they're reiterating in those meetings, in practice sessions and walkthroughs, everything that, that they have to get right this week and an understanding that Buffalo is going to come with everything they've got? Yeah, it's a lot of accountability. And uh, Eric Bannemi is awesome with holding everyone accountable and making sure they're doing their part because, you know, if you're doing your thing, especially as an offensive lineman, that means Pack can do his. That means, you know, Clyde or, you know, Jarek now at running back, like they can do their thing. And so having that accountability and responsibility to your teammates to do the right thing is huge. And if you're a receiver, you know, you've got the responsibility to catch the ball, to, you know, not make sure that it gets tipped into the air, someone can pick it. And so, you know, EB's big on all that uh, accountability and, and holding guys to their responsibility. And I think the biggest thing is just getting back to practice itself and make, making sure you're practicing fast, practicing crisp, you know, coach, Reed does not like when the ball's on the ground in practice because that means usually something went wrong, whether it's an incompletion or, or a fumble especially. So going through the week of practice, uh, making sure you got the right attitude, the right effort, and then um, not having the ball on the ground is, I'm sure you heard that throughout your career too, but uh, that's one of the indicators the coaches look at to see how Chris practices. We're talking to Mitchell Schwartz, former All-Pro offensive tackle uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champion. Uh, and uh, Palisades uh, high school graduate. I think you were a Dolphin, weren't you? I was, yeah. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. All right. Um, playing in Arrowhead, okay? Now, I have a, uh, a different experience playing in Arrowhead <laughs> with all my years with the Chargers and having to go there and how difficult a place it is. Tell us how important home field advantage is, the fact that Patrick Mahomes has yet to have to go on the road to play a playoff game. Uh, how big a deal it is to be home in front of those fans in that stadium. What's well, a big deal for a couple of reasons, you know, as you're alluding to for the opposing offense, it's just incredibly difficult to have a clean operation because, you know, Steve Spagnuolo's defense, he's got all these blitz schemes and lining, lining up guys in different spots and he's playing three or four safeties and be interchangeable. And so, you know, Josh Allen's going to get up to the line of scrimmage He's going to be trying to figure out who's blitzing, and he's going to have to you know, run up to the line of scrimmage, basically run up to both tackles, tell them the protection call, and get that done. And you're wasting precious seconds, and um, it makes it more difficult. Things are a little bit more strained, and it just makes the operation a little bit more challenging. And then you know, offensively, we get a boost from you know, our defense has a great drive. It's a turnout. They're excited. We get a nice little return. You know, we feel that energy on offense as we take the field. And so it's uh, more than just you know affecting the other team's offense, it's this energy, this excitement level, and it's really special. You know, one of my favorite moments from a couple of years ago from the Super Bowl run was actually after the AFC Championship game that we won. You know, in a weird way, I felt like that one was a little bit 
more special than post game of the Super Bowl because it was at Arrowhead. It was all our fans. It was all the people that have been cheering us on, cheering us on for forever. More of like an intimate setting and getting to share that moment with them. So it is a really cool bond between you know player and uh, fan and. As, as you said and well attested, it's a, a pretty tough play, place to play for an opposing quarterback. Yeah, it's extremely difficult. You've talked about that that noise factor and what it's going to be for Josh Allen. Now, all three teams left in the AFC uh, outside of the Chiefs have all beat the Chiefs this year. And uh, it's the playoffs. I don't put a lot of weight into that. But all three of these teams have and know what it's like to beat this team, regardless of whether it was early in the season Cincinnati beat them late in the season when when the Chiefs definitely needed to win. So what what does that have going into this game in terms of confidence for one team or lack of confidence for another, or is it just a wash? It's playoff time. You throw out the records and let's go. It's a little bit of both. I, I do think there is a mental component to knowing that you've stood toe to toe and beat that team. And so you look at the Cincinnati game; that was the most recent. So you can say those teams are probably the most similar to, to where they currently are right now. You know, the Buffalo game was week four or five. The Chiefs are missing a bunch of guys. And they didn't have Melvin Ingram at the time. He was on Pittsburgh. And so you're looking at it and you're saying, well, it's not quite the same matchup, but Buffalo's coming to town. They're not afraid. They're thinking, all right, we already beat them before. We can do it again. We just came off a great game. And so it is strange to be the only team left who hasn't beaten any of the other three teams during that season. And I do think there is that little mental component. And so – it's something that uh, makes it as well-rounded of you know a four teams that we've seen in the AFC uh, playoffs in a long time. Yeah, we go to these offensive and defensive coordinators and the scheme, right? That's a big word that's used in every broadcast and in report. The scheme that this defensive coordinator brings or this offensive coordinator brings to the table. Steve Spagnola brings a a blitzing pressure, uh, you know fueled kind of defense now in in their last loss at Cincinnati in a game where Joe Burrow was just begging for one-on-one matchups with the likes of Jamar Chase and and uh, T Higgins Steve Spagnuolo kept giving it to him and kept getting burnt do you think there was a time uh, in the week leading up to that Denver game the final game of the year where where Andy Reid you know pulled his defensive coordinator aside and said hey you know you you your ego has to be removed from this. We have to do what's best for this team. And scheme is one thing. Winning the football game is what is most important. You know, I feel like they have those conversations during the week. And I feel like they come out of it trusting each other. And so they go into the game with a game plan and knowing, hey, if we're in this situation, we're going to call that. You know, I think Coach Reed's on the headset so he can know the play call that Spags is thrown in. And so if he... Um, gets that cover zero call and it's really the wrong one. I'm sure there's a line of communication to possibly overrule it. Um, but I, I would say that that aggressive attacking mentality is what has led to success for the defense. And so it's buying into, yeah, we're going to put it out there and you guys got to beat us one-on-one, but we think we can get home. We think we can beat you one-on-one. And so there's probably a little bit of that, hey, you know, this is just not the right situation for it. But as Spags described a couple of days after, you know, he was trying to push since he had a field goal range. They're right on the edge of, I think it was the 40 or the 45. And yeah, it's third and 27, but he's almost playing that like a fourth and five because he doesn't want them to throw a, a quick slant and get into field goal range and be able to kick it. So I think that on the whole, I mean, we've seen Coach Reed has brought in Spags a couple of times throughout his career to be his coordinator. Clearly, he, he trusts. And, uh, you know, Coach Reed is definitely got that attacking mentality as well. We see that on offense, and so I think it uh, complements 
the other side very well, and I think they both uh, see the game in the same way that if you're not attacking, you know, that's when things happen. And there are, you know, smarter play calls to be had in certain situations, but I think on the whole that mentality is going to be a, a positive for them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's Mitchell Schwartz, everybody, uh, all-pro uh, tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Super Bowl champion. Thanks for taking some, not, some time with us today, man. Looking forward to this football game. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's going to be a good one. All right, everybody. Mitchell Schwartz, again, all-pro tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. He made uh, a couple comments around the questions I asked. Um, guys, I kind of want your opinion of it. I said all three teams, right, that are remaining in the AFC beat them this year and and beat them in, in pretty convincing fashion early in the year and then a very interesting way late in the year where they shut down Mahomes and that offense to three points in the second half. That's it. They only had three points in that second half and that loss to Cincinnati and how much that plays into effect now, right? Chris, you said immediately it's the playoffs. Who cares? Throw it out. I think it's the playoffs. I think teams uh, use different game plan, like game plans in the playoffs, uh, and I, I don't think that matters much what happened uh, like a month ago in Cincinnati. Um, it would be really awesome if they had a rematch. I think that was a really fun game first time around, and I think it would be a really fun game uh, the second time around. But losses to all three teams, I don't think the Chiefs are really thinking about that very much uh kind of what mitch said uh what would concern me the most if i was a chiefs fan was kind of the first quarter and a half of that game against pittsburgh yeah because the offense did not look good at all and then they just exploded it's it it was almost a microcosm of what their season has been like stops and starts sputters and like you know a mechanic comes in makes a couple adjustments and what we saw was mahomes you know, in that in that game against the likes of Cincinnati or or other team, Denver in particular, when they played Denver in that final game of the season, Mahomes made a couple of those throws that he did early in the year, but they didn't get intercepted in that game. Right, and they haven't been lately. It, he did in this Pittsburgh game, right? He tried to make that throw back across his body. Luck, the defensive player of the year was there. Maybe it's different because it was the defensive mm-hmm. player of the year. And TJ yeah, Watt, he goes up and tips it. It's intercepted. But He's gotten away it, with it. Yeah, but the thing too is like. You can get away with playing like that against a team like Pittsburgh because their offense is less than average. Right. You but can't if you against do that, Buffalo. If you do that against Buffalo, you're going to be down 21 nothing. And that's what happened last time they played them. They turned it over like that. They made things difficult. And Josh Allen in this offense was running rough shot in Arrowhead all over them. So the last time that Buffalo walked into Arrowhead Stadium, they walked out of it with a really good feeling. Yeah, and the Bills are playing better than any team in the playoffs right now. I mean, it, just because we, you know, we haven't seen Green Bay play in two weeks, so you would have to put the Bills number one in terms of who's been the most impressive through one week of the playoffs, and it's definitely Buffalo in that offense. Who was playing the best football down the stretch last year going into the playoffs? It was Tampa Bay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Flat out. Get right when the playoffs start. The season is so long. Yeah. 17 weeks now. 18 weeks, 17 games. 17 games. Longest season ever. And, uh, you know, when you peak, it doesn't matter what happens. First five lost team to be the number one seed in the AFC, I think, since 2002. Long, long time. Long, long time. Speaking of those bills, Eric Wood, former uh, tackle for that program, first-round draft pick, who's now the radio analyst, for the Bills is going to come up next to tell us all about what last week was like, what this week is like going into this big football game, and what this season has been in the last two years. 
You're listening to The Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Lee filling in for Rich. We'll be right back. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this is the Rich Eisen Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. I am Ryan Leaf, filling in for Rich today. As always, uh, huge, grateful applause to Mr. Eisen for giving me the call when when he is out. It's been a while. I've missed you guys. I think it's been, it's been been since uh, since April, maybe. Wow, is it for the guest host. Yeah. Oh wow, like combine? Because you were here in you were here in December before you took off the line. right. I came in as a guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but. I think it's been since April. No, wow. you were here. Didn't you do a, a day when he draft. was gone for the Olympics? Oh, the yeah, you were definitely you were here in the summer, like okay. July. All right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. It doesn't. Even but I think that was the last time. Yeah. I mean, we're remember. I mean, you, you guys remember better than I do. Yeah. Yeah. It all kind of flows together. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Speaking of liking it, who didn't like it besides Brockman? The absolute beatdown <laughs> by the Buffalo Bills. Oof. On Saturday night, there was some Fitz magic in the air because the dude didn't wear a shirt and only came with his beard. Our next guest was spending a little time with him, and we'd love to get his insight on um, said said quarterback's behavior. Uh, Eric Wood, former Buffalo Bill, first-round draft pick for said Buffalo Bills, here to join us and talk to us about what this team is doing. Welcome to the show, Eric. How you doing? I'm doing great, Ryan. How you doing, brother? It's good, man. It's good to have you. It's good to talk to you. I haven't talked to you for a little while, but another great season by this Bills team, a second consecutive AFC East title, 
and then a third opportunity against their hated New England Patriots, uh, and they just absolutely took them to the woodshed. What what was your impression of this team leading up to that game? Uh, there was a ton of confidence I could feel, uh, and, and how did Saturday night play out? Yeah, honestly, you know, throughout all my media stuff last week, I was saying I thought the Bills were were two scores better than the Patriots. Just when you look at the rosters, when you look at how that game played out in Foxborough, when you halfway throw out the game in Orchard Park because of the wind, to me the teams just weren't that close. You know, you have a, a defense that was down two of their cornerbacks heading into the game, some other guys dinged up, specifically Dante Hightower um, and Christian Barmore on their defensive line, and the Bills – got everybody back. And so when you started looking at these things, a rookie quarterback with Josh Allen with his playoff experience, the one X factor was going to be Bill Belichick. Could he come up with a game plan to slow down this offense and give his team a chance of winning? And that just didn't come to fruition on Saturday night. Uh, joining us again, Eric Wood. Um, what's next with Eric Wood podcast? Check it out, everybody, where you get your podcasts. Um you looked at some of these games from the weekend and you know, I don't, I don't, my expectations aren't as high for the chiefs because of who they played in the, in the Steelers. I do feel like the victory in the, in the, in the way they did it because they executed so well against no matter what you can say about Bill Belichick and what they've done offensively, he always has a game plan defensively. That's going to be uh, stout and get it done. And this Buffalo bills team uh, schemed up by Brian Dable decimated them i feel like this win has catapulted buffalo to a very high position in the afc i don't want to make it too high of expectations but this team is playing as good as anybody right now it feels like yeah you're exactly right i mean they're sitting i saw this morning it's a point and a half spread on the game so that means on a neutral field they're saying that the bills are a point and a half favorite if you're assuming that arrowhead the traditional three-point difference in the point spread and so yeah they're right there with the Chiefs and you know coming into the season I think that's where everyone predicted it would be now Tennessee you know plays more consistent ball this year and they get into the one seed and so now this isn't the AFC championship game this is in the divisional round but by all uh, indications these are the two best teams in the AFC so it'll be a fun matchup and and you're right I mean the, the scheme that Brian Dayball put out there I mean they used um, different personnel groupings on 50 different plays. They had Isaiah McKenzie had three carries in the game, almost using him in a Debo Samuel type role. Uh, the Bills, you know, backup slot receiver to Cole Beasley. You know, they put him in the backfield, and they they were just so multiple offensively. And then it seemed like every time the coverage was there, and New England was in all the right spots, Josh Allen would make a guy's ankles break on the outside, and he reel off another 20 yard run. Josh Allen, uh, you brought him up. He has been um, exceptional, right? There were times this year where some people thought he may have kind of gone back in a different direction with a three-interception game here or something like that or the fact they were losing in games. But what they did offensively this year, the point differential, I mean, it was uh, record-breaking. It was outrageous. Uh, they They are playing as high a level as they can right now. That being the case, does Leslie Frazier have it in him to find a way to stop this Chiefs team and and, and make it a game. Yeah, I mean, so when you look at the approaches that they've taken against the Chiefs, and we'll go back to the last three matchups. So started during the 2020 season in the regular season, they played on a Thursday night, I believe. Maybe it was was a weekday game. It was like a COVID mess with the game. 
but I believe it was a Thursday game. And so they played in Buffalo. Buffalo kept their safeties high. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire rushes for over 150 yards. And Mahomes doesn't do a whole lot, but the Chiefs get the victory. Then to come playoff time, the Bills brought some pressure. And you know as well as anyone, Ryan, when you bring pressure against Patrick Mahomes, you're literally, it's literally a death sentence. Like, you may get him once, and he's going to get you the next nine times when you bring the blitz against him. And, and the Bills got beat in the AFC Championship game last year, so they evaluated all offseason. You know, the entire team is built to play with the Kansas City Chiefs. And then in week five of this season, they kept their safeties high. They were able to stop the run with the six-man box, and they did a lot of press on the outside, a lot more than they normally do, trying to disrupt the timing of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and then understanding – that a lot of their answers are the screen game to the outside. I believe in their last six games, including the playoffs, they throw screens on 14% of their plays. I mean, that is an extremely high number, but that's how they've been able to combat the two high safety looks that gave them troubles earlier in the season. Well, we'll see without Tredavious White, Buffalo's all-pro corner. We'll see with him being gone for the year without, uh, with a torn ACL. If the Bills can still run those concepts and slow this Chiefs offense down like they did in their victory in Arrowhead earlier this year. Yeah, that was the question I was going to ask. You know, we talked about it with uh, Mitchell Schwartz just a little bit ago. I've been talking with the guys here. Uh, this Chiefs team has lost to all three of the teams that are left in the AFC, right? Twice early in the season where they weren't even close. And then a, a uh, beating by Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals late in the year that cost them the number one overall seed. Does that play any effect once the playoffs start? Is it a confidence builder for the other team, or is it just something that, that happened and now uh, when the playoffs start, you just you throw the records out the window and you, you go to battle? Yeah, I think for a team like Buffalo, it's pretty big because the Chiefs had had their number prior. So I think getting that win early in the season shows them that they can win and they can win at Arrowhead. Now when you're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs and you're looking at the remaining AFC teams, with the amount of experience that they have in the playoffs, having represented the AFC the last two years in the Super Bowl, they've hosted the last three AFC championship games. I think with the amount of experience they have and the success they've had in the playoffs, it's not as daunting on them. Yeah, I, 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 I'd take it and run. The fact that you have an experience of winning at Arrowhead, uh, it's huge. Stefan Diggs and is... And that, and that comes from the opinion of a guy that only played in one playoff game in a decade. So, a uh, long career. So, yeah, uh, it's, thank you for what it's worth there. It, same with me, man. One, one, one playoff game, one, one playoff round around there. Um, so understanding what this is like is a, is a different animal. But winning at Arrowhead, I played in Arrowhead twice, you know, once every year for my first three years in the NFL. So I know how difficult it is to play there. So when you have that confidence builder, uh, to that point, Stefan Diggs' picture uh, that's, that's lingered throughout the year, right? Uh, the, the moment last year when Kansas City was celebrating that AFC championship, he stayed out. He watched it play out. He saw the confetti fall. He saw the uh, trophy awarded. Uh, what, did he, um, what did he take away from that? And did he want to see exactly what it felt like, feel that kind of that, that, that stick in the guts of what, what that feels like and not, not try to make that thing ever happen again? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And you know as well as anybody, in moments like that, you can either embrace them, you can learn from them, or you could go try and numb yourself or kind of just say, hey, the season's over, let's move on to next year. Your body feels terrible at the end of the season. You know, you're, you're ready for this offseason to get going. But, you know, when you're a competitor and you are so close and you have, you know, you're, you're, you're literally on the verge of a Super Bowl appearance, especially for an organization that hasn't had, 
tremendous success as of late, like the Buffalo Bills, it's just it, it hurts. And, and I think he wanted to soak it in. And I think he wanted that moment to fuel him for an entire offseason, which it has done. And, you know, I feel like at times the Bills this year have been playing chess, and at times it may have affected them, but it really paid off in a big way last week. And Josh Allen a few weeks ago was asked about Stephon Diggs' production being down from last year and if that was intentional because he wasn't 100% entering the playoffs last year, even though he was number one in the NFL in receiving yards and catches. He came in a little dinged up, and Josh alluded to the fact that, yes, they've, they've kind of uh, tempered his targets a little bit. And then Emmanuel Sanders was held out the last three weeks of the season to make sure he was fresh for that last game against New England, and he toasted the guy for a touchdown. And so we'll see if all of the offseason moves, all of this intentionality through the season of you know wear and tear on guys' bodies will pay off this week. We're talking with Eric Wood, uh, Buffalo Bills radio analyst and former All-Pro center for the Buffalo Bills. You also can catch him on What's Next uh, with Eric Woods podcast there. Um, you made a good point there around um, tempering some guys' targets, some carries, some things of that nature. I've been saying for a couple of weeks now that, that that Buffalo gets it, right? They, they understand. Even if they wouldn't have won the East, they knew. They just, we got to get to the playoffs again. That's, that's where it... That's where it's done. We know what we're capable of. Just find a way to get there, whatever avenue we have to go to, and put us in a position. And they've gotten to that place. Now, if they were able to get by and win a game this week, is there an opponent in the Tennessee Titans or the Cincinnati Bengals that they would rather see come up to northern New York for that AFC championship? Well, I'll say this. You know, if Tennessee wins, the Bills got to go there. And going to Tennessee, that's not the worst environment to go to. Buffalo has always traveled there extremely well anyways. Um, it's a much easier commute for me. But, you know, when you look at the match, and then you would get Cincinnati in Buffalo if Cincinnati wins. So looking at those, you'd rather host the playoff game. Now, that being said, I, I think the Bills, you know, the Bills come into this game against the Chiefs as an underdog. I think even if you're on the road at Tennessee next week, even having lost to them on that Monday night football game, I still think the Bills come in as favorites in that game. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with you. I, for whatever reason, maybe it's because they've just been out of sight, out of mind. I'm not thinking about the Titans right now. I just, I just haven't been. We got Kayla Anderson uh, coming up in a little bit, and she's going to tell us exactly what's going on. Derek Henry's going to speak to the media for the first time in a long time. Yeah, uh, and, and to your, and to your point there. I mean, to me, that just points at more of what a great coaching job Mike Vrabel does down there. Yeah, you know, hey, we just take care of business. We play a physical brand of ball, and it may not light up the highlight reel every week. And even if our star player, who was the highlight reel, gets hurt, that makes us even less marketable, and we're just going to take care of business and get the number one seed. And um, you were a guest on my podcast. He was a guest as well on the podcast. And you, you peel the curtains back on someone like him, and you just kind of get like, okay, your team is wired a certain way. They're successful year after year because most teams emulate the personality of their head coach. And down there in Tennessee, they obviously emulate him. Yeah, they, they have. They are tough-nosed, defensive-minded, uh, rough-and-tumble football team. You don't want to see them. You just you, you flat down, especially in the playoffs when it's about defense, it's about running the football, and they get the best in the business back for the playoffs. All right, the, 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 the most wanted answer to any question, what was going on with Ryan Fitzpatrick last week, and how did Fitzmagic uh, just 
absolutely uh, evolve into a win in Buffalo. Tell us about that a little bit. Here, at least he has his jacket on with you there. Right? It looks probably pregame, right? What, how did it turn out where the beard was the only thing left on his body, I think, uh, by, uh, by the end of the game? Well, funny enough, that picture of us in the booth was half halftime, so he just barges in the booth at halftime. But <laughs> we invited him, but he let me know earlier in the week he was coming to the game. So I said, "Hey, I'll, I'll you know, I'll make sure you're in a suite. You know, I got a bunch of people in town. You can sit in my foundation suite, or you know, we have our legends director. He can find you some seats." He said, "No, I'm good. I already got tickets." I'm like, "Where, where are you?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm in, just in the club. We're going with my son and some of his buddies and their dads and." couple of my old neighbors. I'm like, dude, you're going to get crushed. He's like, no, no, I'll be all right. And so, uh, yeah, by the end of the game, he's got his shirt off. But, I mean, it just shows how just down to earth of a guy he truly is, the fact that he would do that and wanted to bring his son back to Buffalo where he had so many great memories. Um, shoot, I remember his sons from Buffalo. So that was – he brought Tate with him, who's 12 or 13, so – I mean, that's 11 years. Yeah, I mean, he was like three the last time um, I saw him in Buffalo. I've seen him elsewhere. But, you know, it's just it's just special that he wanted to do it. And probably he'll always go down as a favorite with the Bills fans. But in a podcast last year, I believe it was Schefter asked him what the best fan base in the NFL. At the time, he was the current starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. And he said the division rival, Buffalo Bills fan base, is the best fan base he's been around. So, that, that got it going this weekend, just solidified his legendary status in Buffalo. Yeah, and then you got Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas out there pregame pumping everybody up. This is, uh, this is a chance, right? Since the early 90s where they went to four consecutive Super Bowls and lost them all, Josh Allen, this defense, these coaches, everybody seems to have a little bit of optimism heading into this weekend, and I think it makes for one of the best divisional weekends in the AFC side of things that we've had in a long time. No, I think you're exactly right. And then even when you look at the other game, and I don't want to jeopardize your time, but, um, I mean, I, I would love to get your thoughts, and we could actually just hash this out another time. But, I mean, <laughs> Joe Burrow, from a second-year player, coming off that injury he suffered, yep. and what he's doing is remarkable to me, especially when you consider the fact he doesn't have a whole lot of help from his offensive line. His pocket presence has been outstanding. And then just letting his guys on the outside go make plays, I mean, it's it's awesome to watch. I'm I'm assuming you feel the same. Yeah, I think you're going to get a chance to see him. I think you really are. I think I think the AFC Championship's going to be in Buffalo, and I think you're going to get a chance to see him firsthand. And it's going to be a heck of a matchup and a heck of a game. So, Eric Wood, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Good luck to your Bills this weekend. We'll be watching. All right, I appreciate it, brother. All right, good to talk to you, Eric Wood. Everybody, former All Pro center for the Buffalo Bills, absolute stud. Uh, really got into the transition. Uh, post-career that's the name of his podcast what's next and he really delves into that even a guy who was an all-pro played for years and years and years um, first first round draft pick out of Louisville uh, still felt like there was something missing now I understand he talked about playing in only one playoff game but I've been around other players you know since I've retired and uh, been in and out of the league who had played 15, 16 years maybe, and who have won Super Bowl titles, still feel like they didn't accomplish yeah. what they wanted to accomplish. Yeah, right. Right? And so it's all about your mindset, your identity. Eric does a great job with his podcast there. He's a he's pretty psyched about this Bills team. I think everybody's pretty psyched about this Bills team. Why wouldn't you be? I am. It's not just because I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl when the season started, yeah. though that plays 
into it, sure. into <laughs> some of it, because I just want to be right. But I, I, I think it would just, it's finally their time. And I would love it for Josh Allen, one of these young quarterbacks that everybody talked about, in particular, people talked about how he wasn't the right fit, how he wasn't going to be successful in the NFL, coming from little old University of Wyoming, not highly recruited out of high school uh, in the Valley here in California. Um in the, in the Fresno Valley, and has been just just the leader that this team needed. I mean, he is a perfect fit for Northern New York, right? He is Jim Kelly uh, in the 2021 version, right? The way he leads, his mentality, his 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 work ethic, his arm strength, and then what he adds to the table now is what he can do with his feet. And I think there was a time at the end of this season where Brian Dable wasn't getting the production he needed out of the running game, and he started utilizing Josh Allen. And he was just like, hey, we're going to put this on film. We're going to showcase what you can do. Uh, this is how we're going to win these games late in the season. To, to hold. And it was, a, it was a risky proposition because guess what? That's your $250 million guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He goes down. You're, he, it doesn't matter. You know, you got Mitch, Mitch Trubisky is a, a very capable backup, everybody. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to win you the AFC championship against the likes of Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. It's just not happening. What you got is you got the guy now in Northern New York. Western. 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 Oh, I keep saying Northern. Yeah. Western. Western. Yeah, Hoskins he, wanted to let us know that. He's yeah. like an elk on steroids though. Like yeah. this guy like, can't be stopped in the open field in that first game against the Pats. You were wondering like, why weren't they running Josh Allen more when clearly yeah. they weren't getting anything going with Singletary. They weren't getting anything going in the passing game. That's one thing they could have used, and I think they really learned from that loss. And you saw it to finish the year. They were just unstoppable. And what has that done? It has opened up. Opened up Devin Singletary, and now he's dominating. <laughs> dominating. He had a huge game, and he was talking a lot of trash in that game against New England. When you're playing a team for the That's third time in a season, man. especially your hated rival, yeah, making big plays like that, he had a heck of a game. I didn't realize how small he was either. Him standing next to those offensive linemen, and especially Josh oh, Allen. Yeah, and Josh Allen's your size. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, everyone looks small <laughs> when you're standing next to that. But, boy, can he play. And then you add Zach Moss around the goal line. That's a guy that I really thought was going to be a difference maker for this team. And I still think that. I think that ultimately Zach Moss, the running back, second-year player out of Utah, is really going to be a difference maker when you get into the playoffs. Maybe a big I mean, big yeah, carry. and when you have Gabriel Davis and some of these secondary pass catchers making plays, it's just – those guys are stellar. You can't be stopped. Isaiah McKenzie, who's who's come right. from McKenzie, you, he had a huge. Uh, you know, you got uh, Manuel Sanders, Gabriel Davis, <laughs> you, you know, Stephon Diggs, and uh, Dawson Knox at tight end. Man, that that dude. Can you imagine the Ole Miss squad with Dawson Knox, uh, Metcalf, okay, and, and AJ and, Brown, and AJ Brown, and they didn't win anything? How's that possible? Oh, no Lane Kiffin yet. Yeah, no Lane Kiffin yet. <laughs> There you go. All right, when we come back, we're going to dive more into the playoffs, divisions. I want to talk about the NFC side of things a little bit. Give us a call, 844-204-7424. You're listening to The Rich Eisen Show. We'll be right back. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores, or... 
your partners. Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf, filling in for Rich today. A little jealous there if you're watching on Peacock. Hey, Ryan. Will Farrell. I want to meet Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, when he comes in here, he never wears normal clothes. Yeah, he always comes, like, dressed. He looked looked rather normal clothes there. One day he was dressed in a uh, referee's outfit, a a youth soccer referee outfit. One of them, he came in on Halloween. He was dressed as Jesus. I went as Ron Burgundy for uh, uh, Halloween this year. In fact, I was on air. And I dressed as Ron Burgundy and did the whole that's pretty good the whole like five minute segment in in Ron Burgundy voice. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Probably almost got fired too. Um, <laughs> minor detail. <laughs> all right, the NFC side of this, right? I, I don't. I know these games seem at least uh, the Rams Buccaneers game seems more tightly contested. I I don't know with what's all going on with San Francisco if they have the ability to go in and, and beat Green Bay. Now, I think Kyle Shanahan's going to have a great scheme together in terms of how they're going to run the football. I just I, I don't see Green Bay losing that football game. I could be wrong. I just don't see it. Now, on the other end of that coin, L.A. Rams versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. L.A. destroyed Tampa Bay earlier in the season uh, in at SoFi Stadium. We did something pre-game, pre-show, sorry, where we – put the comparison of, of Matthew Stafford and uh, Jared Goff from his Super Bowl season. The reason I wanted to talk about this was because I they mortgaged their their football team, at least for the draft, for the foreseeable future, to get Matthew Stafford this offseason, right? Right, right? And then during the season, they got the likes of Vaughn Miller, who's contributed, Odell Beckham Jr., who's contributed, don't get me wrong, they've done it all, right? But they've traded away draft picks. And is this team any better Right? Are they the? Are they a similar team that went to Green Bay in the divisional round a year ago, with a quarterback in Jared Goff who had a busted up finger playing through it and and played Green Bay very tough, but ultimately got beat. Right? This is very similar to them going up to Seattle a week ago or a year ago and beating Seattle in the in the, in the wild card round, and then going on the road to Green Bay. They won at home against a, a Cardinals team that was really over out coached outplayed out everything in that football game where Matthew Stafford didn't have to do a lot and now they go to green now they go to Tampa Bay let's look at those stats all right Matthew Stafford this year 41 touchdowns 17 interceptions 4,800 yards 
he went 12 and 5, right, in the 17 game season. So it was been right under 4,500 yards, right around 4,500 yards in a uh, 16 game season, right? His QBR was 63.5. Jared Goff, the year they went to the Super Bowl, right? 63.6 QBR, right on par. 32 touchdowns, right? A little lower in touchdowns, but five less interceptions, just as many yards and more wins. So. I don't know what to think of this <laughs> other than this season's very capable of going to a Super Bowl again, right? This is a Rams team that easily could go to the Super Bowl uh, in terms of production from their quarterback position. But you mortgaged a ton of your franchise to get this guy because he was that much different than Jared Goff. Jared Goff was never going to get you the Super Bowl win. Is Matthew Stafford going to get you the Super Bowl win? I hope so. They hope so. I don't think they come out of Tampa Bay this weekend with a win. I think they're going to be in exactly the same position they were a year ago. And Sean McVay is going to be, you know, relaxing on his couch in, in Cabo. And I don't know what quarterback comes down and visits, visits in Cabo this time that he, that he looks to grab. <laughs> Maybe Aaron Rodgers? Maybe. Maybe? <laughs> they can't get rid of Matthew Stafford. I mean, they, the, guy, the guy is very, very good. I don't want to diminish that at all. He's I amazing. Just, I just, yes, he's amazing. I just don't know if they have the wherewithal of a complete team to get it done at Tampa Bay. So what 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 concerns you? Because Cam Akers being back is a huge difference. Huge difference because they needed to run the football. And they needed the explosivity of Cam Akers. Like Sony Michelle, fine. Daryl Henderson, fine. Daryl Henderson but, killed it this year, though. But not not the way with the explosive plays that kind of Akers gave you, as you saw on Monday night. No, he put. I mean, he ran over everybody. Everybody. I mean, even his buddy Buda Baker got smoked. Right? Ended up being in the hospital overnight. Jeez. I mean, this guy's running with a fury. They didn't even quarterback play was. You know, Cooper Cup didn't hardly do anything. Right? Cooper Cup had one catch through three quarters. This team is very capable, and the understanding of what Sean McVay knows about this football team is where they're good is when they run the football and they can play action out of it. Because Matthew Stafford, play action, where you get one-on-one matchups, or you get Cooper Cup running down the middle of the zone somewhere, I mean, that's all day long. And now now Odell looks really comfortable in that offense. Really, really comfortable. That touchdown grab, right, that's that's the guy that goes up, high points it, no one can stop that. No one can stop that. I, I don't know if I like the, the constant uh, uh, over-jubilant celebrations after every catch, whether it's a yeah. two-yard catch. You and I talked about this pre-show. I mean, look, he didn't have a lot of opportunities in Cleveland. He's got a lot of pent-up uh, you know, frustration and joy that's been hidden in there that hasn't been able to come out. Uh, Everybody's saying he was washed. Yeah, exactly. You know? That doesn't bother me much. I mean, this guy has had to hear, hear people like you in the media you know, <laughs> talk about him. <laughs> For years. For years now. And, now. and now he's out. He's making plays. He's on a winning team. He's got a quarterback that throws him the ball. His dad doesn't have to make up any videos or anything. Well, Cleveland was Cleveland was winning. <laughs> he just wasn't on the team, you know. And then when he was, they weren't winning. So it, it is what it is, right? Uh, he's got a guy on the opposite there, Cooper Cup, who, who doesn't do all those jubilant celebrations. I say this simply because um, I'm sure that's the way I behaved. And so when I see it, right, right. it's like looking in a mirror and I don't like it. And it's a projection on my part. So do your thing, OBJ. 
screw whatever the hell there's I have no, to there's say. There's no video of him this yelling, is, don't talk to me. You know? Right. This, this, is, this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is my thing I have to deal with my therapist. We'll talk about it Well, so like Belichick said famously in that video, you people don't understand how hard you worked yeah. and the work you put in. So go out there and celebrate it. I agree, though. Every two-yard catch doesn't need a, a celebration. Pick your spot. Yeah, pick your spot. Pick but your spot. I've got no problem, man. You, 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 I like you, the you celebration, touchdown. Too. Me too. I, let's do the dance. I'm with you on the two-yard reception. Yeah. Right? I mean, also, if you think about that 2018 Rams team, Todd Gurley was a special, special player that year. 17 rushing touchdowns, over 20 total touchdowns. And if you can get that type of big production. playability production with Akers, Michelle, and Henderson and these guys, it's a really balanced team. And that was a really balanced Rams team going into the playoffs, throughout the playoffs, heading into the Super Bowl. I think the Rams can go into Tampa and win. I'm never going to make the mistake of betting against Tom Brady. I think we would all be wise to kind of adhere to that. But yep. it's, it's possible. It's possible, whereas like you know, before you kind of didn't give the Rams much of a shot. If I had to go with uh, confidence levels in all the playoff games this weekend, right? At the very top is Green Bay over San Francisco. That's, okay. that's my top confidence meter. Uh, number two for me. Uh, is uh, Tampa Bay over the Rams. That's the next level of confidence. The third for me is uh, Buffalo over the Chiefs. Ooh. And my fourth confidence would be the Bengals over the Titans. So clearly those last two games I'm iffy on. The NFC ones I feel more, but I'm with you. They, this is a team that defeated Tampa Bay early in the season and, yep. and made it look easy. Matthew Stafford had a huge game. And I expect them to come prepared and ready to go. Tampa Bay is depleted, right? Leonard yeah. Fournette comes back. That's a big part of what they need to do offensively. I'm not going to bet against Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay and Tom. Flat out, I'm not going to do it. But it could be the next next most competitive game that we have out there in terms of the NFC. So uh, excited for that. Excited for what the next hour has to bring to the table. We're going to talk to Kayla Anderson from... Uh, uh, from Nashville, all about the Tennessee Titans and what that brings to the table, as well as some other topics, in particular the 20-year anniversary of the Tuck Reel. When we come back, you're listening to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf.